When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's happening? It's 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 time to get in the huddle with Carl Dukes and Jason Lacanfora. Back for another edition of In the Huddle. Carl Dukes, put him up, along with my man Jason Lacanfora, and we are here for Super Bowl Fifty Seven. Now. We've got a lot more things that are going on in and around the world of the NFL, so we're going to talk about those things as well. But obviously the focus is Sunday, and we're going to crown a new champion, guys. Chiefs, Eagles, Super Bowl 57 in Phoenix. Jason, I think, you know, when we start talking about the Eagles, everybody says they haven't been tested, right? That's the thing. They beat the, the 49ers. They beat the snut out of the Giants. Nobody's tested them. And now everybody kind of just expects them to walk into the Super Bowl and maybe not be tested. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think we're going to get a good game. But I want to ask you, what are you more impressed with or more concerned with when you look at the Eagles offensively or defensively? On what side of the ball? Because they've looked so dominant, it's hard to start yeah. picking out some of these weaknesses, right? Well, they have. I mean, look, they haven't faced anything like an Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes offense. You know, they 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 just haven't um you know i'm not compared like minnesota is not that it's just not but if you look at the eagle schedule and you try to look at okay offenses that could stress them early in the season they played minnesota dalvin cook was healthy you know what i mean that team was relatively healthy you got cousins you got jefferson they hadn't acquired uh hawkinson yet but like you know that that's a team that on its day can give you problems offensively and they really didn't, you know. The Eagles took care of business in that early season primetime game at home. Um, you know, they faced Dallas. Dallas's offense scored thirty points a game, you know, and and Dallas beat them when they had Gardner Minshew there, and and Dallas did some things against their defense that, uh, you know, the Eagles would want back. But I think the Eagles shored some of that stuff up, you know, as guys like Sue and Linval Joseph settled in. And as Jordan Davis came back. So I, I don't know, Carl. Like I, I I think when you're number one, like when when you you have the best opposing passer rating in the NFL and your your opposing completion percentage is is that low. Um when you have that many playmakers on the back end, when you have seven different guys who can get to the quarterback without, you know, really having to bring numbers to do so. I, and and you do that over 20 weeks, you're you're like you're good, you know what I mean? Like and nobody <laughs> faces Mahomes every week. You know what I mean? Nobody faces um you know, San Francisco when the offense is humming every week and I get it they face San Francisco and Purdy didn't play. We don't even know what Purdy is. Like you you don't face the creme de la creme every week. You just don't. But um I I think I think it's a I think it's a really legitimate um, defense. I, I think where they struggle is like it's not the greatest linebacking core in the league. They don't have, unlike San Francisco, they don't have an off-ball linebacker or two who you could just 
uses a heat-seeking missile to eliminate screens, you know, to eliminate running backs in the passing game. Like, they're mediocre defending running backs in the, in the you know, when you throw to them. They're 14th in the league, the Eagles are, in opposing quarterback rating when they target a running back. that They've allowed a 96 quarterback rating, three touchdowns, no interceptions. And they're 16th in the league, allowing 78% completions when you throw to running back. So I look there at it the, is. the Chiefs where they yep. are now, right? Like yep. the Chiefs is is Hartman. We know is on IR. He's gone. Kadarius Tony is never a hundred percent, right? And even if he plays, is he going to get through the game? Um, Valdez Scantling is playing, but he got look like he took some shots in that game. Like I, I don't know that he's a hundred percent. You know that they they've got other receivers dealing with injuries. And you go back to the championship game, and it's it's Mahomes on one ankle. And so what did they do? They ran as many plays out of heavy formations, two and three tight ends, as they did 11 personnel, three wide. Patrick Mahomes in 11 personnel in that game, Carl, 10 of 21 for 83 yards. That's 3.95 mm. yards per attempt. No touchdowns, no interceptions, a QB rating of 58.2. Patrick Mahomes out of 12 and 13 personnel, also 21 attempts, 18 of 21 for 229 yards, 11 yards per attempt, one touchdown, no interception, a QB rating of 128. So that's the formula. Is some of that by design. Yeah. Was some of it because they were running out of wide receivers and because Mahomes wasn't going to be seven step drop, three vert, doing it that way? I don't know, but I'm looking at where the Eagles are vulnerable, linebacker. I'm looking at Pacheco and McKinnon, right, who can both make things happen in space as an airback, as my buddy Pete Prisco would call him. <laughs> and a lot of this stuff to, to Kelsey is quick and short, right? It's it's like the, it's like almost like an RPO, boom. That's right. Five yards, fall forward for another four or five, and we get our seven or eight that way. I kind of think that's what it might look like. Um and, and, like, is Valdez Scantling going to beat Darius Slay time and time again, 60 yards downfield? No. And outside of him, I don't really know who's running those routes anyway. So I think it's going to be more trying to isolate people in the slot for a Kadarius Tony because he's that sort of same body type, but for McKinnon, for Pacheco, and letting Gannon figure out which, which of those matchups work for him. And I think it's going to be Mahomes short stuff. And I think it might be a lot of 12 and 13 because that's what just shows you they can throw out of it. And that also helps their ability to run the ball against the defensive front, the likes of which they haven't seen. So the more I size it up from their side of the field, the more I'm interested in, I'm interested in Pacheco and uh, McKinnon props. You know, I'm more interested in Mahomes pass attempts than maybe I am yards. Uh, and I wonder if they really adopt that approach. And this is more of a ball control game than, than we might think. And both these teams are snapping the ball on seven and eight and not, you know, 15 and 16. And it's not a super high tempo game because I don't think either quarterback's 100%. And they know better than us exactly where they are, but it ain't optimal. Jason, I think your breakdown right there of the Chiefs is perfect. And guys, Clyde Allaire, uh, Clyde Edwards Allaire is also back, right? Yeah. So I think what you're talking about, and here's the thing, Andy Reid's been at this forever. 
when you have a team like the Eagles that gets this kind of pressure, you need a release valve. You need to run screens and draws and yep. quick hitters to your point. And those quick hitters you're talking about to Kelsey, those are run plays, guys. Yep. Those are really run plays. You're, you're substituting a quick hitter. I'm going to take my three or four yards and, and, and move the football versus us handing it off. But I'm with you. And here's the other thing. I think you have to attempt to run, right? You just can't abandon yes. it because the Eagles are so damn good. Yeah, You have to run. And there have been teams, again, they've shown their vulnerability against the run. It's the one thing that they kind of, eh, they waver on. Yeah. So I'm with you. If you're a Chiefs fan and you're going into this game, you're going, all right, man, we're facing number one defense. What the hell are we going to do? Nobody's been able to score on these guys. I mean, hell, they've given up 14 points in the playoffs. This is what you do, exactly what Jason is talking about. And you have the quarterback. You have the running backs, and you have the, the the play caller to execute this game plan. If it works, it's going to open up some other stuff because you got to think about this. The second half, the Eagles go, all right, listen, they're, they're doing all this stuff. We've got to adjust, and that's going to open up Andy Reid's playbook. So I'm with you, man. I think that I would say huge. this, though, <laughs> and I, I think it has to be a part of what they do. But I would just say – as much as the Eagles, again, aren't great covering running backs, the Eagles this season, regular season and playoffs, versus 12 and 13 personnel, ranked fourth in completion percentage, 60.2. First in yards per attempt, 5.43. They have given up just three touchdowns to four interceptions, so they've got the second-best TD to interception ratio, defending 12 and 13 personnel. And they're number one in the league in passer rating allowed against 12 and 13 personnel, 69.9. But, again, this is Mahomes. This That's is right. Andy Reid, right. um, and I think a game like this with 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 the stakes so high, um, I still think it's something that the Chiefs could lean into. There's only three games this year where they've been in 12 or 13 personnel, 50% or more. Last week at 50%, and then they did it in the blowout of the Rams and the blowout of the 49ers. But the reason they used it so much in those games, if you go back and watch, they were just bleeding the clock in the fourth quarter, and they were getting heavy, you know what I mean? And they were getting yeah. to check those legs under him, and they – Hey, we want to show we can run the ball. And they were just, you know, they were taking the air out of the game. They did it against the Bengals to, to keep up, to win. To, I mean, in the second half, it became the main thing. So Styles make fights, and we'll see exactly where that goes. But I think, you know, and again, Pacheco quietly, since week 10, he's averaged 5.09 yards per rush. So that's Dude, he run, among all running backs. He runs 754 hard. yards. Yeah, third. He's running the ball since week 10. He averages 14.8 rushes per game. Um, so it's not like they're not doing it. He's averaging over 70 rushing yards a game since week 10. He's averaging almost 90 scrimmage yards per game since week 10. So I don't know that this is a super sexy game. I think it might be a little bit of a throwback game. Jason Lock on four, guys. Carl Dukes, it is in the huddle. Subscribe, like us, tell your friends about us. We put out new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday, and we are here. Super Bowl 57 as we break down what's going to happen in the game. But there are a lot of things, as we said, going on in and around the NFL that we got to get to, including the hiring process, Rodgers not knowing what's going to happen, and we'll talk about the two jobs that are still open as we do this podcast. That could change in a day, maybe two days. But as of today, as we record this, the Colts and the Cardinals are still open. We'll talk about it. Let me ask you about the coaches. Listen, it's Andy Reid. I don't think he gets the love or the respect he deserves. This guy's had an amazing career. He's been consistent. He's won. He's back in the Super Bowl. But this Nick Sirianni thing, right? Everybody's talking about he's the perfect coach. And even I've said it, for Philadelphia right yeah. now, right? He yeah. embodies this attitude, the spirit of Philadelphia. 
And there's something to be said about that. But I got to say this, Jason. He gave up the play calling duties halfway through the season last year. And a lot of people don't realize this. So he comes in. He is a play caller. But he realizes the big picture is much more important. And he hands those duties off. And all of a sudden, this offense kind of takes off. Now, he's still involved, obviously, in the game planning and all that. But I got to give Nick Sirianni credit because a lot of young coaches, Jason, you know this. They come in and they want to do it all. And then they screw it up. And he was smart enough to say, hey, you know what? I've got to delegate. And I think he's been a great CEO and a relationship builder in that locker room. That is why the Eagles are here. Well, and it's, it is it, it is really um, a great point because he's one of these guys who got hired because he was quarterback guru, offensive sensei, play caller, right? So that's sort of what got him there, and he's now morphed into very quickly more of sort of the, the CEO type, you know what I mean? Where where Not that he's not heavily involved in game planning, but he's not micromanaging every single part of his that's offense right. on game day, yep. um, which is a tough thing for a lot of these guys – to learn to do and he did it pretty quickly and look right around the time he did it this went from a team that looked like it was trying to make Jalen Hurts play the way their mind tells them modern offensive football should look like versus how do we cater this game plan and these calls every single Sunday Monday Thursday whenever we play to maximize the 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 talent we have and to do it in a way that puts them in the best position to succeed so yeah, I mean, I think if you're looking for like sort of forks in the road or turning points where this, you know, Sirianni Hurts thing could have gone this way, that way, blah, 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 blah. I mean, some of them are moves that Howie Roseman made. Some of them are things that Hurts has done for himself in the offseason. And then, yeah, that that point last year around November or whenever it was, where all of a sudden they embraced the option game and running the hell out of the football with multiplicity and, you know, letting Hurts be Hurts. It's taken off since then there's obviously a dichotomy there, right? And he's got a young coaching staff with 30 and 40-somethings. You know, and I think Eric Bieniemy at 51 is the youngest, you know, youngest member of the the high, you know, the top tier of the Chiefs coaching staff in terms of coordinators and and uh, obviously Andy Reid, who's now had two crazy, you know, decade-long-plus runs in two different cities. Um, and if he wins this game, he would join Bill Belichick, Don Shula and Tom Landry is the only coaches in NFL history with at least 200 wins and at least two Super Bowl, you know, two Lombardi trophies. And he's already up there with those guys in a lot of categories anyway. Um, But, you know, but how does that play out? I I mean, I I don't know. If, if, look, if this gets to be, if things get tough for the Eagles and they face some adversity early and they have a couple, I know an early turnover or call doesn't go their way. Like, do I think that could factor in? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it absolutely could. Um, but Andy Reid's also sort of found ways to come up just short in a lot of these championship, you know, a lot of these elimination games after the first round of the playoffs. So I don't know. Um, I, I, look, I, I think it's a coin flip game. I get, I get arguments on both sides. I get people who would say, how is Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid getting one and a half points? You know what I mean? Like how, like how make that make sense. And and if you look at it just through that prism of their offense and this historical run they're on, right. And what this era of football means in the pantheon of the entirety of the NFL catalog, which is, this is not that we haven't seen much of this before now. Um, it still doesn't necessarily, they can win. That mean that they're going to win this game on this day. Um, 
I think Mahomes will do some things that are special, that are otherworldly. Can he do enough of them? Um, will they steal possessions from him? You know, will the Eagles be yeah. able to hold the ball seven and a half, you know, seven and a half minutes here, 11 minutes there? You know what I mean? You put together two or three of those drives, all of a sudden the game starts getting short. Andy Reid and Nick Sirianni do have a history, guys. When uh, he was hired, Andy Reid, in 2012, he comes in. Sirianni is there with the Chiefs, and he was asked about this. And and, and I just – I'm going to read the quote because I want to be accurate. Um, And he says – you know, he was asked about, do you still resent the fact that Andy Reid didn't keep you on the staff? And he says, you always have a chip on your shoulder. Sure, I do. But that's who I am as a coach and as a person – I want to make sure I'm working my butt off uh, to get as good as I possibly can. And sure, you hold on to some of those things. So what Sirianni is saying is, yeah, a guy came in and said, hey, you're not good enough to be on my staff, right? And I get that. That's human nature. But then he goes on to talk about Andy Reid. And this is the part that everybody loves about Andy Reid. He's a a man, right? He treats you like an adult. And he said Reid called in every coach in Kansas, Kansas City and said, hey, Here's why I'm not keeping you. Here's what's going on. And and Sirianni said it gave me um, an understanding of when I was ever to get to this point, how I need to handle things. So he landed a job as a quality control coach in San Diego, 2013. The rest is history, blah, blah, blah. But I do think that's interesting that Nick Sirianni is going into this game like, yeah, I wasn't good enough. And now here we are, you know. So I don't know how that plays. Again, these coaches are not going to play the game. But I do find it interesting, Jason. Well, I'll say this. It's one thing when Andy Reid, who just had a fairly legendary run in one city, especially a city as tough as Philadelphia, as Doug Peterson, right? Doug Peterson brought home the Lombardi, and he lasted, what, not even half as long as Andy Reid? So when that guy who has already a legacy in coaching, which means he's got a lot of his own guys, and he leaves the only place he's been, where he's been for 15 years, wherever, to go somewhere else, and he doesn't keep you around, like – you get it. You know what I mean? Like he's got a posse. He's got, he's got deep depth that he can draw from, you know what I mean? Between guys he coached and then their kids or their, right. you know, like it's, so that's one thing. You know what I mean? There's nothing of like Jeff Saturday's like, nah, you're not good enough. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> then I think that I think you might, you might hold a little bit of a grudge, but Andy Reid is so beloved in the coaching community. I mean, he's a coach's coach. Uh, just the lineage that he's produced, um, mm conceptually personnel wise, you know, that's the, the coaching family tree. Um, it's, it's pretty remarkable. Well, I mean, you just look at the AFC, right. And so, you know, you start looking at like who made the playoffs in the AFC and you've got obviously Doug Peterson right off the top of my head. You've got Jim, you know, you've got John Harbaugh in, in Baltimore. You know what I mean? Like he, he's, yeah, he, he's, he's His fingerprints. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're all over the place. All right, let's talk about some of the other things that are going on, guys. Uh, and by the way, I'm with Jason on this, if you're going, well, you guys, I mean, who do you like in the game? Listen, I like the Eagles. Okay. Yeah, me too. Um, I do think it's a it's I think it's a you know three point game. Um, obviously, it could be a one point game. The spread is yeah. one and a half, and it hasn't moved. So no. I like the Eagles. Only because I am a big proponent in these games where you have the best defense going up against the best offense. Twice in the Super Bowl history that's happened, the best defense is won. So it's just hard in these games where you go, we're going to figure it out. 
and we're going to be able to score points, enough points to beat a team like the Eagles. So I, I'm not telling you Jalen Hurts throws for 400 yards, but I just think that Eagles defense is so stout that they're going to figure it out with Kansas City, and it's going to force Mahomes, to your point, Jason, to make a lot more plays than he has to or wants to, and then that's when you start making mistakes because now you get desperate, right? And yeah. we still don't know. God forbid, and I'm not wishing this on Mahomes, but if he takes a hit early in this game, how does that affect the ankle? So sure. we just don't know how this shakes out as far as Mahomes and his mobility and all of that stuff. But plain and simple, I like the Eagles to win the Super Bowl. One thing I'll be watching closely too is, so you've really, again, like I talked about with the personnel group, is small sample size. Okay, with games in which the Chiefs are short on receivers and the quarterback is gimpy. Right. Okay, well, we're going back to the championship game. Remember the one time he got forced to the left and and Mahomes came back, hop, 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 hop it on one foot to the sideline, right? And the Chiefs had the advantage in the trenches in that game. I don't know what they are in this game, right. you know? And, like, I think the Eagles are going to be able to throw some stuff. And that's taken another way from Hubbard and Hendrickson. But the packages the Eagles can put together, the way they can move people around – Let's let Fletcher Cox get a few licks in on Orlando Brown. Right now, let, like it's not just one guy you're setting up for counters all, all day. You know what I mean? Now let's 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 see what happens with Brandon Graham over there. Now let's put sweat over top of him. Like, and I think they'll also be able to try to scheme some things up from where they bring that pressure. How not that they're gonna have to blitz a ton to get pressure, but when they do, I bet it's a calculated effort to force him left. And Mm. It's only a, you know a play here, a play there can be the difference. But that was like you saw a marked difference in how Mahomes moved around when he had to go to that side. Yeah, it's that's a great point, Jason. Uh, Jason Lock on four guys, Washington Post. Check him out. Follow him on social media. Carl Dukes with you. Our other guy, Brian Baldinger, who joins our podcast. This podcast is a big part of it as well. Obviously. He will be here Thursday to break down some of the things up front and what we will be seeing from a play-calling standpoint on Thursday with Baldy. All right, let's talk about some of the other things going on because there's just so so much going on. Jason. Never it's, ends, Carl. It's, it's stupid. Ends. All right, so Brady retires, right? Yes. Brady retires. Last night on his podcast, he said, listen, I know it's time. Uh podcast is called Let's Go, guys. You've seen yeah. it with Jim Gray. And Belichick was on there. Was on yeah. Team, yeah, yeah, and and he said, "I just know it's time." Do I think I can still play? Yes, but I think it's time. So here's the thing, though, Jason, with this Brady thing. Yesterday, we find out that he's going to take a year off before he starts the Fox broadcast job. Hmm. So it opens the door, does it not, for everybody to speculate that at some point next season, I don't know where, I don't sure. know what team, that he's going to come back and play. Well, I don't know if we talked about. This on the I, I do a lot of yakking in a lot of different places. So I don't know if we talked about this last week. I get it. <laughs> but like the moment this went down, like, do I think in his heart of hearts he thinks this is the end? Absolutely. I also think he believed that this time a year ago. Um I think there's more conviction in it now. I think another season where he was more human than not plays into that. However, However, As Stephen A. Smith might say. Yes. However, <laughs> you're going to tell me that some established coach who's having a hell of a year couldn't get him on the bat phone a couple days after Thanksgiving and say, here's the deal, man. Yep. We don't even need to do the contract now. 
if you feel like getting in shape, you know what I mean? If you feel like going out there with Tom House for a couple weeks, doesn't have right. to be a month. Right. And you think it's going well, and I'm going to send you a playbook. You can look at it. You can not look at it. Or it might already be somebody where there's already familiarity and whatever. And let's talk in December. You know what I mean? Let's talk after, Let's talk right around that Christmas. And if you want to come fly out here the day after Christmas, we'll add you to the roster. You know what I mean? And maybe we'll need you. Maybe we won't. You know, maybe I already kind of need you because I don't really – I'm winning games. It's a Brock Purdy type situation where I'm winning games, but do I really know – do I really think this kid's going to slay the dragon four times in a row in January and February? Like, I think that scenario exists. Now, I'm not saying it's it's – more likely than not, but it certainly doesn't strike me as impossible. And he would still be picky, but like, I don't know, man. Hey, Tommy, you got the bug a little bit? Why don't you go throw for a couple of weeks and see how it feels? Like, I, let us have first dibs on you. If you are going to come back, right? Hey, and if you want to send your, you know, maybe you send Gronk out there too when you're working <laughs> right. out with Tommy House, right? Like, why not? We could use a tight end also. I don't think that's crazy. I, I don't either. I, I really don't. Um, what's the worst job of the two left? Indianapolis. Cardinals? Cardinals or Colts? No, Indianapolis. Indianapolis has been the worst job all the way through. Indianapolis has been the worst job in the middle league the moment they fired Frank Reich the way they did. I mean, just look at this search and just look at who's running it and look at whose fingerprints are all over it. And and Jim Mercy's not really looking for a coach. He's looking for a yes man. He's looking for another puppet. I mean, Frank Reich won and play, went to the playoffs, had a winning record for him, did it with revolving door quarterbacks, and he forced Frank Reich to change quarterbacks multiple times before he finally fired him. Like, if he did that to him, what, you don't think he'd be willing to do that to you any time, yeah. any place? And why does it have to stop at quarterback? You know what I mean? Hey, I, I don't like this guy. I don't like that guy. Hey, if this dude doesn't get five targets in the first quarter next week, you're fired. Like – I mean, he's shown you he doesn't think analytics matter, which no. is asinine. He's shown you he doesn't really think coaching experience matters all that much to coach in this league. He said that himself multiple times when he hired Saturday in the first place. Like, there's still a decent amount of that staff hanging around there. He maybe wants to keep them around because some of them have contracts and he wants to do it on the cheap. So you might not even get to put together the staff you really want to put together. You still don't know who the hell the quarterback is. Um, now he's in position to draft one. Doesn't mean they'll draft the right one. Uh, he's had success with quarterbacks when they fall into when generational ones have sat there at first overall. That's right. So, I mean, on the Leaf Mate Manning thing in real time was more like in hindsight, people immediately are like, "How could that be a thing?" Oh, that was a thing. But I remember reading the Sports Illustrated covers, one making the case for Peyton, one making the case for Leaf, and so it, it wasn't. You know, I mean, if you dug into their backgrounds at all it was it was pretty clear which way to go but you know i'll give them some credit for that but again they had the first overall pick at a time when a generational franchise changing quarterback was there i mean he's had that lightning strike twice so twice. i don't know if he can yeah. do it this way um but i think i mean not that I, I think working for the bidwells is a walk in the park and certainly the Kyler murray thing scares people but if Kyler murray craps the bed one more year you know what they're i mean gonna, they're gonna you're, move you're, on you're moving on from so i mean it is on. what it is you try yeah. to experiment for a year and then you say he got to go, or he's got to fight for you know, or he can stay, but he's fighting for his job. I'm getting somebody who could who's better than him on paper in my eyes, and if he can beat him out, he can beat him out. Um, now the Indiana Indianapolis is is 
I, I, I don't know what the selling points there are other than there's only 32 of these. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, and they're both currently, as we do this podcast, looking for coaches. Probably by the time uh, we reveal or convene next week, it'll be uh, at least one of them. I would think. Yeah, the I, I would agree. Let's talk about quarterbacks: Aaron Rodgers and David, uh, Derek Carr, specifically those two because they were uh, front and center this week, right? Aaron in the pro am at the the PGA, yeah. you know, tour not tour championship, but the uh, uh, Pebble Beach, and uh, and then you saw Derek doing the skills challenge, which he looked amazing. Yeah. Uh, in, in Vegas, and then he makes the comment, you know, it's probably why I'm going somewhere else. So what happens with these two guys, man? Because Aaron, even if the Packers want to move him, he still has to sign off on it. But he, there's will, a, he's, he will. There, well, there's he's a lot of, but there's a lot of money there. attached to it, right? And everybody talks about yeah. the Jets, the Jets. And then this week, he talks about the Raiders and how Raider fans keep coming at him. So is he on the, is he going to be on the move, Jason? And more yes. importantly, where the hell does Derek Carr end up? Well, I mean, I've, I've written a lot about this at the Washington Post at various times this, in the second half of the season. And I did an exercise, I don't know, probably 10 days ago. Now, and out the higher offseason quarterback-wise, from soup to nuts, from Tom Brady all the way down to the fourth quarterback in the draft, you know, uh, Anthony Richardson. Okay. And everybody in between, Jacoby Brissett's and Jimmy G's. And I had Brady going to San Francisco. I still think he could end up in San Francisco, like I just talked mm-hmm. about in December or mm-hmm. January. Um, and he obviously had this, you know, has since then retired. Um, and I had Aaron Rodgers going to Vegas and I had Derek Carr going to the Jets. And that's still what I think. Um, the Mark Davis will pay that money. Um, he'll get his 59 million. He'll, he'll get it. They'll have to restructure some a little bit to facilitate a trade, but this would be, I mean, Aaron Rodgers wants to flip the bird to the Packers on the way out. He it's, he wants to show them, you can't win without me, and I can win without you. It is personal. Yeah. It's been personal for three years. It's been personal right. since the moment they drafted Jordan Love and didn't tell him. Right? He's been a ticking time bomb. And everything he's saying to his buddies, Pat McAfee, just listen a little bit. He's getting his shots in. He's tweaking them, but it's over. And he's already trying to put it on them. Well, I hear they're talking about trading me. No shit, Sherlock. Like, you, 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 you've set this up. Like, this is you're getting exactly what you want. No, they can't have it both ways. Like they can't, they can't get you out of there. Like you want to be out of there without talking, like without actually putting, you know, having conversations and whispers about what that would look like. Um, they have to play Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers. We've chronicled it. He had a bad season last year, way worse than Tom Brady. And even when they were winning games late, he was a passenger. His creed a worse quarterback rating than Desmond Ritter and Baker Mayfield during their five-and-one stretch or whatever it was. They were running the football. They were That's getting right. explosive plays out of special teams. Turnovers. And they switched up their defensive. They switched their defensive concepts up completely, and then went from an albatross to the main thing. And he was along for the ride, completing 17, 18 passes, trying not to get hurt, and thinking about what he'd look like in a different uniform. So that's going to happen. And I think the Raiders match up the best, and it's a dome. It's a fast track. Um, I think they'll put the franchise tag on Jacobs and – you know, they're going to have to draft some offensive linemen. They're probably going to have to spend some money on defense. Uh, but he's back with Devontae. He's got Darren Waller. He, he's got the leading rusher in the NFL. He's got Renfro underneath. It looks good. Yeah. Now, yeah. I still don't think he'll be great. But, <clears throat> I mean, that, that makes sense. I don't see him in New York for a multitude of reasons. I just do not see that. But I don't think Woody can do any better than Derek Carr. 
And I think Woody will be able to pay Derek. You know, he won't care about paying Derek Carr forty million a year, or whatever it is. He's not he's not paying anybody any money there right now on that roster. Pretty much all of them who are any good are still on their rookie deal. So, yeah, I just think that's where it'll be. And I think Carr will, you know, a he's he's probably be his best option in terms of who really wants him and who's willing to pay him. And look, Garrett Wilson. You know, Brees Hall was a real thing before he got hurt. You know, can the offensive line stay healthy? I mean, there's some things they'll have to address there. But he's never he, – Derek Carr's never really had a defense. You know? I mean, and even, you know, when they made the playoffs, the year was an MVP candidate, and then he got hurt. He didn't get to play in the playoff games that year where the defense was at least half decent. So I think he'll lean into the fact that, hey, if we get to 21, we got a chance to win this game. Yeah, I, I'm with you on all of that. It makes total sense. When you talk, start talking about landing spots for these quarterbacks in the huddle, guys, subscribe, like us, subscribe. And we put out new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. I will say this about Aaron Rodgers before I ask you about some of these coaches that have landed like Fangio and Brian Flores before we get out of here. I'm just tired, Jason, of the passive aggressive thing. Like, bro, if you want out, say it. Right. Like that's been the my, the last three years I've been saying this to, to people in Green Bay. Oh, I know a guy that cuts his yard and he, he doesn't want to go anywhere. Get the hell out of here. Here's the deal. You wake up and every day you know exactly what you want. Right. It's not as if you wake up and you go eh, kind of want to stay. I kind of don't. If you're in a relationship, you know exactly what you want. You either want her or you don't want her. Yep. It's that simple. And for him, it's sort of like, well, he's playing this passive-aggressive thing, and I hate it, Jason. If you want out of Green Bay, just say it. Hey, I want out. And it would be done. Look, he's got a black belt in the passive-aggressive martial arts. I've said that <laughs> numerous times. Yes, he's he Bruce freaking Lee when it comes yes, to that does. stuff. And look, I think year one, when it when the when the Jordan Love thing went down and then he started his whole, I don't know about what this means for me. This might, you know, this isn't what I signed up for, which is true, which he didn't. And I I, I was with him then. I'm like, man, look, you, you can't blindside this guy. You can't have him on the phone with, you know, Russell Wilson and Tom Brady draft night saying, Oh man, I think I'm about to get a receipt. You know, they're gonna do something for me here. Oh, I can't wait. I'm coming to get your ass. Oh, oh, he drafted my replacement. Oh, you gotta hang up. I gotta call Mark Murphy and Goody and find out. Uh, how I can get my ass out of here, right? Like, so that happened. Um, so I think the first year was about flexing his muscles, letting them know who was the boss. Right. It was about getting power over personnel, right? I want my guys back. I want Randall. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show them that not only am I bigger than them, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be as powerful as them because I'm going to start dictating who does and doesn't get on this roster. So – that was the first year, right? And he wins the MVP, and then it's about he plays the retirement card and leaves them dangling, like, because why not? And because he can. I'll, and I'm in the in the meet, and and by doing it, they're going to screw up the Devontae Adams situation because you know they didn't want to give Adams what they ultimately were willing to offer him. Eventually, a year later, at that time, because they weren't sure what Rodgers was going to cost them, right? So he passive aggressively puts them in a situation where they're probably going to crap the bed. And they did crap the bed with Devontae Adams, yeah, which we'll be able to, you know, crawl about that a year later. And then it's about getting all the money too and, and putting them over a barrel from a cap standpoint multiple years, whether they keep me or whether they want to cut me or whether they want to trade me. And now he's not an MVP anymore. And there's still one year, 59 million dangling out there. And he still has all the control because now Jordan Love still hasn't played and we're going into year four and we got a fifth year 
you know, fifth year player option situation um, where they're going to have to make that decision. And he doesn't like the talent there anymore. And he wants to do what Brady did and win it somewhere else and say, nanny, nanny, boo, boo. It's me, not you. And so he'll get his way. And who you can, oh, he doesn't have a no trade. Well, yeah, but he can always just say, I'm going to retire or I'm just not going to play there. So he might as well have a no trade. He's not going to go anywhere. He doesn't want to go. And he's going to try to make them look like the bad guys all the way through. And again, they've done a lot of stupid stuff there. So I'm not defending them. It took two to tango to get this thing as messy as it is. But yeah, I mean, now Randall Cobb's done and Bakhtiari's probably done, right? And his boys in the locker room aren't there anymore. They're gone. And yep. none of these young receivers have really stepped up. And they're going to have to lose more pieces on defense because of how much he's counting against the cap and, you know, what they've done the last two years to try to extend a window that proved to be fool's gold, especially in the playoffs. You know, it 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 is what it is. Like, he's done there, and they know it, and they're done with him, and he's done with them. And they're not going to get a ton for him, but they've got to, cut, they've got to get him off the books. And he'll try to act like, I never wanted to leave – they just did all these stupid contractual stuff, and now they can't afford me anymore. But the reality is, he's he set it up this way the whole the whole time. It's going to be interesting, and something we'll be watching all off season. Uh, listen, when we get to the new league year, right? A lot of these deals could take place, and we could see trades early. But this this is something we may not see until you know two months from now. I mean, you know what I mean? It may be a while before this all plays out. All right, before we get out of here. Um, one surprise for me, and then Vic Fangio decides to stay with the Dolphins. Uh, Baldy and I were talking about this last week. Baldy said he thought he was keeping the door open for, for the 49ers. Yeah. Uh, trying to make well, go he back had a little there. thing with Sean Payton, too. You know what I mean? Payton wanted him in Denver also. So they were just kind of, he was kind of weighing his options, mm-hmm. but he signs. What do you think about Brian Flores getting a shot as a D.C. in, in Minneapolis? I, I'm a little surprised, not because he's not deserving, but, you know, Jason, this whole lawsuit thing – he put his career in jeopardy, right? When he when he outed this interviewing process bullshit, right? How yeah. it was a sham interview in various places. And then it was like, look, I- I'm going to put it out there. And any other coaches that have dealt with this, and now they've got this lawsuit that's still out there pending. Um, I don't know where it's at, but he's still working. And a lot of people said Brian Flores was going to be done in the NFL because he was doing this. What do you think about that? Because he gets the job now. He's going to be the D.C. Well, I think, again – Hats off to Mike Tomlin, right, who if he doesn't have that situation in Pittsburgh, like if he had been out for a period of time, 12 months, 15 months, whatever, then it makes it a lot easier for them to just pretend you never existed in the first place, right, and kind of just move on, collude or whatever. Well, we haven't seen him do it in a while. He hasn't been a part of anybody else's staff. Why should I be the one to bring him back in? So the fact that he didn't have to sit out, right, he didn't didn't have to sort of – take his lumps contractually and just sort of go away for a year, I think was huge. Um, His body of work speaks for itself. Um, I wasn't a big fan of him as a head coach because I thought he had too much of Belichick in him. Not that he couldn't have been a great head coach, Mm -hmm. but there was just too much New England bullshit. It was just too much, too many power plays, too much flexing, too much messing around with the offensive staff, too much meddling with Tua. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was all too much. Um, but that defense, the way they played under him, they, they, they didn't they never got close to that level the following year. So that, you know, you're looking at that saying, man, okay, well, you know, that went from arguably the best defense in the league the final 10 weeks of 2021 to a defense that let him down in 2022, despite adding more talent. Um, you look at, you know, what he did in Pittsburgh, you look at 
how many defensive coordinator openings there were, you know, and I, I think to keep him out would have really spoke volumes about what the NFL is all about. You know what I mean? Like it would have, if through all that, you got whatever, 12, 13 coordinator changes and he doesn't get one of them. And now he is sitting out. It's a bad look. That, that that would look like that would look like exactly like that would almost be the ultimate proof of what he's trying. What to he's say. saying, which is yeah. this is not only is this league uh, have issues of systemic racism, not only is this league not abiding by fair and equitable hiring practices, they're also punitive, and they're punitive for coaches of color in a way that it just ain't never been for white dudes. Yeah, it's a great point. And, and that's why I think him getting this job is actually a bigger statement for the league than it is anything to say, hey, look, we are allowing teams to hire and do whatever they need to do in the process of, of understanding what's going on. I, I agree. I, I just wanted to ask you about it because I did think it was interesting that he immediately gets a D.C. job after going there and kind of, you know, sitting out a year, basically, right, is what he did in now, Pittsburgh. The question will be, though, because – Upward mobility for coaches of color. This is limited. This is this is where it. Yeah. This is like especially yeah. the defensive side of the ball. This is where the story ends. That's right. Like the like if he goes to Minnesota where that was a joke ass defense last year, <laughs> and turns it around on the fly. He's got to be a candidate I mean? next season. Is he getting head? Is he getting real head coaching looks, or is or people thinking, well, we got to interview him, but there was too much drama in Miami or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, what? He's just still a very young coach. What does his career path look like beyond this? Because again, this is they're okay with the high water level here. It's does he get to be does he get a second chance to be a head coach? Because a lot of people who look like him don't. It's a great point. We will see, Jason. What are you working on, by the way, for the Washington Post, man? Um, I'm working on a piece. Um, I kind of did something last week looking at sort of some areas where I think the Eagles could put, you know, specific stress on the Chiefs. I'm doing one now. Um, some of the stuff we were talking about with 12 and 13 personnel, but some areas where I think the Chiefs could particularly um, uh, put some torque and stress on the Eagles the way they're constructed. Uh, and then I'll do one more piece after the Super Bowl, maybe sort of a free agency franchise tag primer because it's I won't be writing again until the draft so I may kind of just empty the notebook where I think some of these free agents are going to land what I'm hearing about you know who's going to get tagged who's not going to get tagged uh and then um I'll start cranking it up again in April around the draft yeah we're going to do a deep dive here in, in you know March obviously combine coming off the combine and start talking about some of these guys all these projections, the quarterbacks again, a lot of people saying four are going to be taken again in the first they round. They will. So, you know, we're looking at that, and uh, there's, there's going to be a lot to, to talk about and what teams are going to be willing to risk it and take a chance on some of these guys. It's going to be fun. What will also be fun is Sunday, Super Bowl 57. Yep. And when we come back next week, we'll be talking about it, reviewing it, as Jason said, and then looking ahead to an incredible offseason, guys, the NFL that's why we do it in the huddle. We take you inside of all these organizations, talk about the things that matter and talk about the players, the coaches, all the things. So have a great Super Bowl. Jason, you, you enjoy too, the weekend, man. Uh, don't eat too many wings. What's your go-to, by the way? What's your go-to? I don't even know. Like, it's so weird. This is like, I'm, I'll be home for this one. And I haven't been home for many in the last 20 years. So I haven't even talked to Lauren about 
what we're doing, what we're not doing. I don't even know. I don't know what I'm doing for CBS Sportsline, if we're doing live betting shows. or I don't know what my schedule looks like. Um, but I'm guessing there'll be – I'm trying not to eat red meat anymore. So okay. I'm, I'm guessing there will be chicken wings involved. That's what's up. I, yeah. I hear you. I, I, I'm going what about to, you? You got the menu well, set? No, my wife, we, she's like, hey, one of our girlfriends is having a little get-together. And, and I know the, the family and everything. And I'm like, okay, cool. So uh, he was going to do wings, and then he sent an email and said, we're doing barbecue instead. So he's ordering and catering this barbecue. So I'm like, cool, whatever, yeah. you know, as long as I got something to munch on and I can watch the game, I'm all good. But I'm Yeah, the weather's been nice here. I grilled out last weekend for my wife's birthday. So I, I may I may do something like that. Depending on my schedule, I may, yeah, I may get, get a little funky out there. <laughs> it's all good. It is weird not being at, at the game or, or the week of. Because we are traditionally, like you say, we've been there and gone, but um, it's going to be good. And I, I think we're going to get a good game. Guys, enjoy. Again, I like the Eagles. You like the Eagles? I like the Eagles. I like the Eagles yeah. and the under. I do too. All right. That's where we are. We'll see what happens. Super Bowl 57 Sunday. Jason Lock on four. Carl Dukes. Boldy will be here Thursday to talk about what's going to happen up front, guys. This is where the game is going to be won. He'll help us break it all down. Make sure you're here. Subscribe to In the Huddle. Everybody have a great day.